Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everybody who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, the Ides of whatever this month is. October, October 15th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Also in Los Angeles, I'm Lamar Wilson. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Hi, uh, we got so a lot exciting. of stuff coming out of Adobe. Uh, good stuff, not the kind of stuff that <laughs> comes out of other things at other times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that struck me that way. But we have some positive announcements. Good Adobe, Adobe leakage. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I said it was good. Maybe. I said it was good. Mm. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Let's do that. Quantum Magazine reports that UC Berkeley's Irmala Mahadev has solved a problem in quantum computing on how to determine if a quantum computer has followed instructions and solved problems correctly. Unlike classical computers, you can't really check the steps of a quantum computer. After eight years of grad school work, Mahadev developed an interactive protocol employing a trapdoor function and learning with errors, or LWE, to make sure that quantum computers are doing what you want the quantum computer to do. LWE is the most likely candidate for a cryptographic function that can't be broken by quantum computers. Huge advance. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to explain, but a huge, huge, huge advance. Uh, I can't understand to, it. To, to, <laughs> well, it's basically to be able to know that a quantum computer is doing what it's supposed to, which is very difficult and a difficult problem that has now apparently been solved. Something else that needs to be solved are PS4 problems. Several PS4 users are reporting their consoles are being bricked by malicious chat message. Sony is aware of the problem in developing a system update to resolve it. Users can set messages to private to avoid accidentally receiving the corrupted chat message. Oh, it's always like, something with Sony. Always. It reminds me of that thing that happened with iMessage where you'd send one particular character and it could crash people's stuff. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, sounds like that. Axios has sources that say Apple acquired a startup called Asai. 
ASAII, which uses artificial intelligence to identify and recommend musical artists to labels and managers. The source told mm. Axios that Apple wants to use it to sign talent to Apple Music. Uh, that's something Spotify does. I don't know if they use AI, but they do sign independent musicians to Spotify. So it sounds like Apple would like to ramp that up as well. All right, let's talk a little bit more about some other stuff, starting with a monitor. Now, now monitors don't get us as excited as they used to, but I don't know. This one seems pretty exciting, Lamar. It does. Uh, so Dell announced the U4919DW Ultra Sharp 49-inch curved monitor with 5120 by 1440 resolution and the ability to show two computer screens at once, side by side, and handle mouse and keyboard input for both. Uh, the 49-inch curved monitor will be available starting at $1699 on October 26th. So, first of all, 40, uh, these monitors are just getting crazy big. I, I, I think 49 inches is a you're, you're sitting like inches from it. It's too much, so much light blazing in your in your eyes. But whatever, uh, we'll all be blind in a few years anyway. Um, but <laughs> but but what I I really like this monitor. I like the concept of it. Uh, if you're a gamer, not so much. Sixty frame, uh, not sixty frames. Uh, what what is what is it? The sixty hertz refresh rate. Uh, it mentions it doesn't have G Sync or FreeSync technology. But if you're a person who's like looks at the stockbroker type person or editor uh, a, a video, I, I can see the value of having that huge screen there. Or, or um, I was thinking of a streamer, but I, but then the gaming thing is not so part. But a streamer, you know, just. Have- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. One monitor split the two so they can game on one and watch chat on the other. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but a lot of them use two monitors for that. No, now, but, absolutely. Yeah, I, I yeah. have a tw- one 27-inch monitor 
uh, that I I flip back and forth between two computers with. I love this. I could just put one 49-inch monitor and just have both computers up at the same time. I could also use more real estate. I've been wanting to upgrade to a bigger monitor for a while anyway. It's $1,700, man. I I was going to say, what do you think of the price? Yeah, Yeah. that's uh, That's a little too much. Yeah, pretty cost prohibitive, but I'm with you, Tom. I'm on a Windows machine right now that I'm mirrored to a nice uh, external monitor. 49 inches sounds crazy big, but but if I could have my MacBook and my Windows laptop somehow worked out you know during the show i could i could do a lot more at the same time and and that would be pretty cool tcl has licensed the palm name to a california startup run by two former samsung vice presidents their first product is called the palm it's a small phone it's meant to be used when you don't want or need to carry your big phone credit card size device it's a 3.3 inch lcd display with 445 ppi running android 8.1 with a custom interface and google assistant as well shares a phone number with your existing phone so you can't buy it on its own it's a companion phone hmm. cost 350 dollars. available in november from verizon I don't want another phone. <laughs> well, I know that the the return of Palm, or at least the name Palm, uh, is kind that of that was exciting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's I, I was a Palm fan. I liked the handspring visor, and I had a Palm uh, E series. It, it has a special place in my heart too. But the bigger story here, I think, is this trend of people wanting a smaller second device to because they don't want the distraction of their full phone, so they want. Like there's a lot of these like, oh, make this your second phone. And this one is marketing itself as you can have that second phone and keep the same phone number. In fact, you have to. It's the only way we're going to sell it to you. I just, you know, as somebody who's, you know, I, I, you know, I I have a somewhat large uh, iPhone, but it fits into small purses. It it works. It fits into most jacket pockets of mine. I just don't feel like I need that even smaller phone for those other times where this phone is just too much. I mean, I can run with this. It's not like that heavy or that big. Yeah. I, I guess is that is this uh, society is trying to, you know, they're, they're tired. We want to get away from our phone. We want to get away from the email, get away from, uh, you know, the, the web, you know, it's almost like going on a diet of, of the internet. Uh, I just don't know how sustainable that is with given the society we're, we're in is, it, you know, let, or just, Put your phone on do not disturb. I, I'm not sure another device is needed. And if it is needed, hello, smart smartwatches with LTE, they exist. Yeah, I, and, I wonder how many people with smartwatches would, would ever want something like this because it kind yeah. of works the same way, doesn't it? And these two Samsung it, exactly VPs the same work, worked in the wearables department at Samsung. Like they're t- definitely taking that watch aesthetic and saying, hey, maybe maybe it could work for people who don't want to wear it uh, as a phone. Um because, yeah, I feel like there's a little overlap, although you can do a little bit more with this thing. I mean, I know it's only a 3.3-inch LCD screen, but that's pretty much the same PPI as the iPhone XS. Like, it's it's a nice-looking screen. 350 bucks for a second phone that you want to be less capable, though. That's a lot of money going into that. That's screen. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like two sets of keys. You're just going to not have the right one. Uh, you really, really need it. So maybe we're the wrong people. Email us, feedback at dailytechnewshow.com yeah. if you're like, no, 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 I love this idea. Let me tell you why. Tell us why. We'd love to know. Uh, MIT announced a $1 billion initiative to establish a new college of computing to train people in how to apply machine learning to their discipline, like biology, chemistry, physics, even politics, history, and linguistics. Of the 50 faculty in the new college, half will be hired as computer scientists and the other half 
will be appointed jointly with the other MIT departments. So they'll be interdisciplinary hires. In a press statement, MIT President L. Raphael Reif said the college will equip students to think critically about the human impact of their work. So they're going to try to teach people the ethics of using this stuff as well. Stephen A. Schwartzman, CEO of the private equity firm Blackstone, has contributed $350 million, So they're a third of the way to the billion they need. And therefore, the college will be the Schwartzman College. They'll be naming it after him because of that donation. Oh, that's nice. Um, I, I think the nice thing ab- about this is that although it's separate with, with the AI, they're saying, hey, if you are a bi- biology major, great. But here is some here is an, another thing you can use for, you know, to help you in your bio, you know, in, in your field. So it's not in isolation. It's to complement uh, all the other, uh, you know, biology, chemistry, physics, politics. It doesn't matter. You know, AI can be beneficial in each one of those. So I think I like that angle versus a whole separate major just for AI. Yeah, because I, they are already teaching AI in the computer science department at MIT. Right. Uh, I, right. I didn't look in to find out what, but that that's something that that's been going on. They have a lot of machine learning stuff coming out of there. Uh, so what what this is doing is saying. Instead of you having to be dedicated to computer science, maybe you want to learn machine learning as a tool, in which case, let's help you get really good at it and use it ethically in a different discipline rather than just pure research on machine learning. And like you say, Lamar, I'm I'm not really doing other than repeating what you said. It's a good interdisciplinary approach to things that, that will help widen the responsible use of machine learning. Absolutely. Yeah. So Amazon filed a patent that would enable its voice assistant to detect changes in a user's voice and identify if someone has a code. Uh, It could then suggest remedies like chicken soup. The patent, sorry, the the patent says the technology. Do you have a cold, Lamar? Would you like a recipe for chicken soup? I I know it's like that doesn't help with codes. Anyway, uh, moving on. (laughs) The, The patent says the technology could also detect emotional states. Sleeping, crying, where the user is located, age, gender, and accent. The data would be used to target ads as well. Well, of course it would. It's, yeah. it's Amazon. Well, yeah. So, look, look, I mean, reading this article, everybody's thinking the same thing. Really? Like, are you, first of all, are you going to cough into your Amazon Echo? Uh, probably that's weird. That's going to be spreading germs <laughs> Turn your head that. towards the Echo. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, obviously, this will have to be an always on always listening I, for well, anything type of I device. I don't think so. I think, you don't think so? And and uh, granted, it, this is just a patent. So we actually have no idea how they would actually put it in p- practice. But okay. if I'm reading it right, when you spoke to the Echo is when it would analyze. So when you're saying, you know, turn on the <coughs> lights, it would be like, oh, I heard a <laughs> cough there, right? Uh, and it could, it, could, it could measure your breathing patterns in, in small snippets like that and still be able to analyze stuff, which is, I think, one of the things that, that makes it patentable is that it's a different approach to that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see this in practice or hear it in practice because sure, everyone is, you know, you sort of been in a mood, maybe you have a cold, yeah, maybe you're tired, maybe you're just being snippy um, and you, your your AI assistant is like, wait, what? I, I didn't understand what you said. Wait, so it's like you want these various emotional states that that we all have to be recognizable. 
at the same time, if I am literally crying and trying to play a song, you know, I don't, I don't want my assistant to be like, here are some mental health websites, you know, to like- would you like some other sad songs from the Amazon music library? Right. I'm not sure I want to be reminded that that's happening because I already know, or maybe I do. Maybe, the, maybe this becomes more of a friend who, who is going to offer chicken soup when, when, when I feel ill, which, which is why, I don't know, Lamar, I don't know what you have against chicken soup. But it always helps. No, well, no, well, it's great. I'm just saying, scientifically, it doesn't do anything for you. Like, what's oh, but yeah, but it's, it's nice and comforting. What's interesting is the part of gender and accent. So, does that suddenly mean that if you have, say, a British accent, it's going to start throwing, you know, British, English, Scottish ads at you? Uh, well, it's okay. I, so, so we're getting to the point of this being a patent story. A patent has a definite different point than a press release or a product design. A patent says, I figured out some technology. Here are all the conceivable things I can think of using it for, which always makes it sound scarier than an actual product announcement because you need to patent widely. We have no idea when Amazon comes out with this thing, what they're going to do with it. Will they use the accent to just make it understand you better or will they use it to target ads towards you? That's That's a fair question, but we really... Don't it's probably know. both. Yeah, but, we, yeah, we we don't know what they're going to do with it until they do it, and that that's when it's time to criticize. Uh, but but they they could do anything with this, which is why they need to go to MIT and learn the ethics of machine learning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we 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 want uh, Star Trek as a society, but when it actually comes to us, we then you know get scared of it. So you know, our, we're we're we're, all, we're very interesting as a as a people. Something else that might be scary is a whale. Whales are very large mammals. Majestic, really. They live in the ocean. But it's also slang for somebody who is a large holder of Bitcoin, somebody or some entity. It is known as a whale. The worry with whales is that they can influence the market a lot, either by selling off coins in large numbers or potentially teaming up with other whales to control more than 50% of the coins in existence. That would undermine the stability of a system that is supposed to rely on no one entity having a majority of the coins. So people are a little bit worried about this. Chainalysis has published a study of the 32 largest coin wallets showing that actually they tend to stabilize the market rather than the alternative. One third of whales are active traders. They tend to trade against the herd, meaning that they're trading kind of on down markets rather than uh, reactionary markets, which slows down price changes. And the rest of the whales either don't trade or don't affect the market because they're miners. They were early adopters or in some cases have lost their wallet key and can't really even be involved. Yeah. A handful of the largest whales that they, they studied of these 32 just hadn't traded since 2011. So it's presumed they just don't have the key <laughs> or they, sure. they would have done something since then. So just, I, I'm learning. I've been like in the last week learning a lot more about stocks and things. I've actually you know jumped into market uh, just just a te- just to kind of get my feet wet at this late, late age of, of mine. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was, I was wondering. So like, what? How would these whales be different from like a Carl I- Icon uh, who owns a bunch of stocks and can influence yeah, a market? Right. You know, right. like I'm just curious. Like, what's the what's the scarier? Why is this scarier than well, someone who can? Yeah, there, there's two different things you can be scared of. One is mining resources. That's a little bit different than being a whale and having all the big wallets. But if you have a big wallet, you likely also have, you might have big mining resources as well. And mining resources is where if you get more than 50%, the system breaks down. Uh, that's different than just having a lot of the coins. But I think the difference 
is still the same, which is if you have the majority of the coins, you, you, you can know that. There are only a certain amount of coins out there, where, whereas you can control a company by getting 50% of its stock, but you can't conceivably control all the companies. There's just too many of them. Okay. Is that I, 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 no, I, that, no, that you explained it perfectly. I, I'd be it, yeah. curious if a, an actual financial professional uh, could could assess <laughs> could assess that evaluation. But I feel like that's one of the differences. You've got a closed system versus an open open system. I also found it interesting, um, and the, it was a really great breakdown that Chainalysis did. That you know, uh, you know, a lot of people tend to think of like, whoa, Bitcoin. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of dark net trading happening, and people who are trying to uh, uh, you know launder money or you know do other things that are illegal. And 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 Chainalysis found that that segment is is smaller than the, the people who simply just cannot access their Bitcoin because they've lost track of where it is in, in whatever wallet they had at yeah. one point. Wow. The largest number of wallet, the, the biggest wallets are traders or miners. Uh, yeah. And then there's the people who've lost their, <laughs> their keys. And then there's the dark web down there below that somewhere. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right, Adobe Max going on. Uh, we're going to run through some of the announcements here real quick. Photoshop CC for iPad, unlike previous mobile apps from Adobe, can do everything the desktop version can do. So all the effects, real-time edits of a multi-layer PSD file. Uh, the user interface displays the full toolbar and layer management interface. Now, they have tweaked it to work better on a tablet, but everything is there. Edits will sync through Creative Cloud to the desktop version of Photoshop as well. So you can end on the tablet, pick up on the desktop, vice versa. Uh, Photoshop CC 1.0 for iPad will debut with fewer features than were previewed today. So you're not going to get everything all at once, but Adobe says they'll all arrive eventually. And if you're interested, you can sign up for updates at the Adobe website. They're not putting it out today. Adobe also demonstrated Project Arrow for building augmented reality experiences in private beta for release in 2019. So it's, it's basically Adobe's AR uh, program and Project Gemini, which is a standalone app for painting and drawing on an iPad, particularly also in private beta. Here's the one you can actually get though. Adobe announced several other new products, including Premiere Rush CC for desktop and iOS with an Android version to follow in 2019. Premiere Rush is a video editor that takes a lot of the pieces of Illustrator and After Effects and Photoshop and Premiere and puts them in one editor optimized for social. So YouTube, of course, but also Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Vimeo. You can export to all of those. The app is included in Creative Cloud plans starting at $10 a month. Although you can use it for free, you can only export up to three videos in the free tier before you have to start paying for Creative Cloud. And Lamar, I know you tried this out today. I, I did. I was uh, I was very excited about this because, uh, you know, just the, the prospect of having a a new editor uh, disclaimer. I've been well, not disclaimer like it's legal, <laughs> but I, I said since 2011 I've been using uh, Final Cut 10 uh, uh, since it came out. So that's just been my editor of choice. But I, I like a lot of the things that Adobe uh, is doing, and and you know, of course, when I went into this, this definitely feels like that iMovie ish. Yeah. But you mentioned a lot of other things. It's it's jumping, dropping in a little Illustrator, dropping in a little. Uh, uh, after effects and, and, and things that are kind of just ready to go. And I think what, uh, as I was trying this, I tried it on iOS first and uh, going through the tutorial, it was smooth, dead simple, way smoother than iMovie. I always have trouble with iMovie and iOS. 
And and I was just I was able to go through and, and make a movie really quick and format it. And I could choose about I could save it to my camera roll or I can send it directly to YouTube, Instagram. Uh, you mentioned Snapchat and there's another one Adobe owns uh, Behance, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. I like what it is. I I think for the beginning intermediate YouTuber who is or social media person who's coming along. I think this is a great suite of features because the number one question we get as creators is, you know, what, what is, what software do you use? What, what, you know, what's your editing app? And I'm scared sometimes to tell people, you know, final cut 10, because it's, it could be, or just like premiere is, it could be uh, overwhelming. There's, there's sometimes there's too much in there for the average person who just does vlogs. And so I, I think it's a good one. Uh, I will say the desktop trial, that I, I downloaded for the Mac, uh, that color wheel of death kept <laughs> happening. I, I couldn't get through the whole tutorial. I, I, maybe I, I had a bad copy or whatever, but the iOS was flawless. Uh, I tried it on my phone, and uh, I think there's some promise here. I think ten bucks a month though is going to be a it's going to be a tough sale. I mean, I paid three hundred bucks for my uh, Final Cut back in 2011, and that's all I've paid. Uh, so well, I mean, I'm, I'm paying uh, what, 30 bucks a month for Premiere Pro right now. I do some very light video editing for another podcast. Have such a good day that, that I right. produce. It's not a complicated edit. But the reason that I use Premiere Pro is because if for any reason someone else has to jump into the project, that's what everybody else is using. And that's just sort of the way it goes. However, when I export, it's like, you know, I sort of like export for YouTube 1080p and, you know, I, it seems like the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. I would rather pay $10 a month to do what's probably going to be covered with Premiere Rush. Um, so this is, you know, advantageous to me, especially if somehow I can get the file sizes down a little bit because I always feel like I'm, I could probably save some, you know, some size when, I, when I'm exporting these huge mm-hmm. files, but I don't really know what I'm doing enough to, 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 um, to do a lot of that troubleshooting on my own. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know about Snapchat, but a lot of people I think would, 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 oh, would yeah. be thrilled Instagram with that. Is- yeah. I, and I, I, yeah, I, the kind of vertical video thing with Instagram as well. Yeah. I think this is going to be crazy huge for those who finally, like me, I don't know if I can ever do it, but I would love the, to be able to take my, my iPad to be my main thing one day. I don't know when that could happen. Obviously, the processors are good enough, right, Tom? Like, you know, uh, and, you know, they're going to come up with a new one uh, this year. Uh, so the processing power is there. But to be able to edit on the fly, start on my desktop, take with me on my, on my iPad and keep going or on my phone, I, I think there's something there for the on-the-go uh, influencer, entrepreneur, uh, you know, to g- kind of get away from that computer. Because besides editing, I don't need my laptop. Well, to do this, talk to you all. Hi. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't use it for, for that much more than just you know, web stuff. Yeah. For the, the $10 individual plan gets you Premiere Rush, 100 gigabytes of cloud storage, Adobe Fonts, Adobe Portfolio, and Adobe Spark. That's it. So if you need anything else besides that, you're going to have to be paying a lot. And that was why mm. I wanted to look that up because if you're paying $120 a year and you get a bunch of uh, Adobe stuff in, involved, like you know, maybe some access to Photoshop and stuff like that, then right. maybe it's worth it. I'm not sure if Fonts Portfolio and Spark are enough to justify, but maybe. And especially if you, if like you, Sarah, if you're spending thirty bucks a month and you're like, I'm not sure I need all of that. Uh, this this could be a great option. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. The last thing I want to say, there are some creators I've talked to uh, who use Premiere who find it, and if they use it for years, they, they like it, but they find it awfully buggy because they can, you know, they can just keep pushing out updates. There was one update that happened a few months ago. My friend said that uh, he couldn't save. Like it was a it was a bug that permitted you from saving. What one of the cornerstone things of a of, of, of a editing software. So that that's the one hesitation I have with Adobe products. Uh, is you know I will hope you know things even I, I ran into a problem today. Uh, with it being buggy. So I'm hoping there's some stability that can make it worth it for you paying that subscription for each month. And it's an ongoing conversation about subscription software, but it is the way. It is the way everything is going now. And buying something for download and use without paying for it on an ongoing basis is becoming the rarity. It's becoming the thing companies do to keep their base happy. Uh, But if you want to make sure you've got bugs squashed fast, uh, you're always up to date and secure. You want to be updating all the time anyway. So if you pay a little, you're not only just updating all the time, but you're also getting new features as they come along. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's it's just a new way of doing things, I guess. Yeah. Good announcements, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I will definitely uh, be giving at least uh, Rush a a spin. Um, I'll- talk about it on a, uh, a show at a later date. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit, submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Thank you in advance. You make our show better every single day. Also, thanks to those who hang out on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. All right, let's check in with amateur traveler Chris Christensen, who has some thoughts on Expedia's expansion into voice assistant integration. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. At the Skiff Tech Forum in June, the CTO of Expedia, Tony Donahue, said that voice is their future. Even though the current technologies are brittle, they've rolled out an interface with Google Assistant where you can say things like, book me a hotel in Antigua, Guatemala, or what should I pack for Austin? I'm still a little skeptical about this because there's a lot that I want to put into that decision about what hotel to book. Some you may be able to put into preferences like my favorite business hotel versus my favorite leisure hotels. But how about where that hotel is located? Do they have an airport shuttle? Are they near public transportation? And also because the answer of what should I pack for Austin is pretty much the same as what should I pack for Antigua, Guatemala. And I don't know if it's significant that Tony Donahue has since left Expedia. (laughs) I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. All right. Thank you, Chris. Let's check out the mailbag. What's in there, Sarah? Scott wrote in, and this is about our conversation with Shannon Morse last Friday about uh, duplicated videos being not good on YouTube anymore. Tom questioned, Scott says, Tom questioned what the YouTube partner changes would do to aggregator channels. Scott says, I don't know how popular or common those are. Could make the argument that the aggregation is the content that they're adding to duplicated videos. That's especially easy if the aggregator is chopping up videos and splicing together. However, it's a question if YouTube will bite on that argument. I think by the letter of the rule, aggregators are out, especially if YouTube thinks their algorithm is the only aggregator you need. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more my guess is if you're mashing things up in other words if you're like doing a highlight reel like hey i found all these great clips check out all these channels youtube might let that go because you're adding value by by providing context and providing an overview if you're just copying a video entirely and putting it up 
and that's all that's on that channel. I think that's what they're yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, that's it's uh, diminished value. Yeah, certainly. Lamar, is that a problem that you run into much? Oh, we can't hear you. That that is a problem we're running into right now. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Hello. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hi. I thought you were no. just thinking really hard about it. <laughs> no, that is a, a problem I deal with uh, every day. Uh, someone messages me and says that one of my videos has been copied. It's gotten to a point where I just, you know, if I get the message, I'll act on it. Um, so, But it'd be nice if YouTube, well, as, as they're going to have this program where they can go through and, and do that because it's not people adding commentary. I don't care about that. These people taking my complete video and uploading on these random channels. Um, yeah. I get them taken down instantly when I when I report it, but it's a losing battle. It, you know, it, it's just constantly happening. So I don't know. I'm, I, I got mixed feelings about this one. Well, Lamar, when you aren't um, trying to squash duplicate videos on YouTube, where can people find out what uh, <laughs> your, what your what your wonderful work is uh, that is original and unique to you? How do they? Oh, find oh, it? you saved that one really well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/slash Lamar Wilson. Uh, I do unboxings uh, that I consider to be fun. My latest one uh, it should be interesting to a lot of this audience. I. Uh, I bought a voice activated trash can mm. and um, yeah, I was, I braved the 200 plus dollars to, to try this out. It's pretty hilarious. Uh, and, and it's, it works great. I think, I think it's a, I, I think it's a great product. I think it's ridiculous. No one should buy it because for the, for the price, but you like stuff like that. Uh, check out my channel uh, on YouTube. And of course I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that with the same name. Thank you. Thank you, Lamar. And thank you, everybody who supports this show. Uh, whether you just listen to the public version, in which there's a few ads, or you support us on Patreon, where you can get access to ad-free versions, uh, plus extended versions like our Good Day Internet that includes DTNS and so much more, uh, you are supporting the show the way you want to. You have the choice to support us. We always try to get one more patron every month than the last month. Right now, we have 15 fewer patrons than last month uh, because there's always a few people who have to drop off for financial reasons, mostly. Uh, so if you can join them, just a dollar a month, please do help us get us to our monthly goal by pledging just a dollar at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you have feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. That's an easy way to do it. We're also live Monday through Friday. Join us if you can, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja as our guest. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.